Sunday, ah, oh, we're recording. So it was just you making noises. Ah. All right, we're here. Hello, happy Monday. Wake up. I'm tired. I'm tired. Harrison just woke up from a nap. I'm tired, Grandpa. <laughs> I'm tired of this, Grandpa. Let's do damn bad. Keep digging. <laughs> Welcome to Spooky Show. Spooky show in the history of the entire universe, in the entire world, in the history of the universe, ever, ever, ever. I'm your host, Kate. My name is Harrison. <laughs> You're being a little rap boy today. Yeah. Um. So on I'm just a, vibing, vibing. I asked on Instagram what we should talk about, and God I God damn it! Every time you sickos. Yeah. Well, I went with the first response. And then I looked later, and like everyone was like, "Conspiracy, conspiracy, conspiracy." Okay, conspiracy? We're not doing conspiracy because I looked at the first response and I did that, and it wasn't the it wasn't a conspiracy. We'll do that next week, I promise. This is an unsolved case. Okay. It's the Lost Girls of Panama. Bum, bum, it's very weird. Not sure what happened here, but we'll get into it. We're gonna do it in my personal favorite way. A timeline fashion, because okay. I think it's easiest to follow. Let's do it. Okay, so we have Lisanne Froon and Chris Kramers. They were two Dutch students at university who had met while working in a cafe together. After they met, they quickly became friends and moved in together in Ames Fort. Probably said that wrong. Lisanne Froon was studying psychology or like applied sciences and was described as very intelligent and thoughtful, but kind of shy. And Chris studied um, cultural social education and was pretty much the complete opposite. She was extroverted and very outspoken. She lit up a room. She lit up a room, cheerful and friendly. Um, both the girls use social media a lot, and they each kept diaries documenting, like, major and minor moments of their lives. And after finishing their studies... Sorry. My alarm from earlier. Let me turn off the other one that's going to go off. And just birth control. Start. Sorry, I have to take my birth control. <laughs> Don't fucking joke about that. It's not fucking funny, Harrison. That's the comments. They're already yelling at me. You, okay, alarm, an alarm going off and saying, oh, birth control is really funny. I know. It's a funny joke. Okay. So after... Harrison, we freaking... Everyone loves you. Stop saying that. Um, after they graduated, they decided to do some traveling, and they decided to go to Panama in Central America for a few reasons. For one... Lisanne had just graduated, and they wanted to celebrate. Graduation trip. They also wanted to go to a Spanish-speaking country to brush up on the language and learn more about the culture. Also, cool. yeah, Lisanne had never traveled farther than Germany, and Chris had been to South America before to Peru with her family uh -huh. and loved it. So she's like, yes, let's go again. And lastly, they wanted to volunteer to do a uh, volunteer work there at a Panamanian school. Okay. 
They saved up for about six months for this trip. That was to be about six weeks long, and they even raised money to buy toys for the children at the schools that they would be volunteering at. Very European. Yeah, that is. Yeah, to, like, travel and volunteer and stay for long periods of time. So Big Euro vibes. They set off on their trip on March 15th in 2014, and they landed in Bocas del Toro in Panama where they spent most of their time learning some Spanish, enjoying the food, and just being tourists. <laughs> like Girly things. Yeah, drinking, dancing, swimming, going to the beach. And eventually they came across two male travelers who were also Dutch. So they spent a lot of time of their time like uh, with them because yeah. they were like, oh, friends. They were like, yeah, friends. <laughs> um. This seemed like the relaxing, fun part of the trip before they got to like their volunteer the work, work. Right, right, yeah, right. which they left for on March thirty first, two thousand fourteen. So they had a nice like two weeks, basically. They did. Right? They yeah. did two weeks of fun, and then the next four weeks were going to be work and mm-hmm. whatnot. So very serious. Yeah, they went March thirty first, two thousand fourteen, in a city called Boquet in Panama. Um, okay. They were staying with a host family in Boquet, and when they went to volunteer. They found out that the plans at the school had actually changed and they couldn't start on that Monday as they planned, even though they got an email from the school confirming their arrival for that day. I'm really not sure if they were able to start later on or it got called off altogether. Uh-huh. But Lisanne was really disappointed and sent her parents a text that said, we have been sent away. I am really very disappointed. So it sounds like maybe it got called off altogether yeah because if it was just pushed back a few days i don't see why that would be no that's disappointing that's mm -hmm. yeah so luckily they could still stay with their host family for the next four weeks and the host mother i guess you could say was a woman named miriam guerra who hosted many international students over the years she's experienced house mother okay So this home had a private room for the girls with its own entrance and key. So she wouldn't really like know their comings and goings all that much. Miriam later described these girls as kind of restless young people. And this is probably because they didn't know what to do with themselves now that the school canceled. So while Chris was just reading a book in the bedroom, Lee Sand spent some time with Miriam there was a bit of a language barrier there, but Lisanne was able to tell her that like they needed suggestions on what to do with all the time they have now. So uh-huh. Miriam suggested contacting a different school to see if they could accommodate the girls, but they had already done that. They didn't have any luck. So the girls just decided to wander around Boquette a little to experience that uh-huh. town. There's photos of them out around Boquette on this day, and then they return to Miriam's before sunset. They basically also spent their day, like, arranging what they could do for the next week or so, beginning on Wednesday, April 2nd. So among their plans is to visit a local coffee plantation, a strawberry farm, and see a volcano. Good couple packed out days, yeah. Good shit. But since their plan started on April 2nd, that left Tuesday, April 1st, free. So that day, they just... April Fools. (laughs) Yeah. They uh, decided to hike the Peonies Trail. 
now. This is about a five-mile hike. Starts in Boquette, ends at a summit. While on this hike, you pass through a dense forest jungle and a, a cloud forest. Ooh, that's pretty cool. What is that? It's like high levels of moisture in the air creates like a hanging oh, cloud huh. in this particular area. It looks really be- beautiful if you look it up. So they really wanted to see it on this hike. And it's not an easy hike to do. Like at one point, you have to climb like 600 yards upwards in a span of two miles. Um, so it's pretty intense. I mean, hikers would say it's not that difficult, but it looked difficult to me. I don't know. So before they left, they posted on Facebook that they were going to take this hike in Boquette. And Lisa Ann messaged her boyfriend, Stefan, to say they're going for a hike, despite, you know, like still disappointed about the school, but this is what we're doing today. And it's important to note here that you can probably already tell that the two girls had been in constant contact with their friends and families while on this trip. Right? (laughs) Well, if you didn't know, I'm telling you. So the girls dressed in light clothes for the day because they would be hiking in like warm, warm weather. They also packed a digital camera, two cell phones, one passport, some U.S. dollars. I keep hitting the mic. (laughs) A water bottle. stop that then. One water bottle. And a medical insurance card. Okay. A taxi picked them up and took them to the beginning of the local hiking trail known as the Pianista. Hey, Pianista. Yeah, I like that word. So according to the taxi driver, he dropped them off at 1.40 p.m. This will come back to be a little conflicting later, but um, for now, when they got to the start of the trail... Residents there had warned them not to take this hike alone. But apparently the girls had spoken to like a local tour guide the day before and felt that it wouldn't be an issue and they were fine. They, Did they say why they were warned not to take it? Probably because it was difficult. It's but, like physical terrain. It's yeah. not like, oh, there's like and also like happens I, on that trail. Also, if you like wander from the trail, even a little bit, like it's really easy to get lost. Makes sense. The trail's pretty clear, but if you go and see see something else, you're and it's right, right, right. dense, dense jungle. They also had along with them a dog named Blue, and I've seen seen in different accounts that it was a host family's dog, and I've also heard that it was a local restaurant I was about to dog. Ask, where did they get the dog? Yeah, some people say it was a local restaurant dog. I'm not sure. But it'd be weird if they just oh, like a took a local, rest- local restaurant <laughs> coming on this hike. <laughs> so now since yeah, the dog's like running down the street, like row, row, don't forget about me. <laughs> it's the local wait, restaurant wait, dog. Too. <laughs> so yeah, you can't leave without the local restaurant dog. I don't know which it was. I couldn't tell. But okay, so since they took a digital camera, hey, get back here with my local restaurant dog <laughs> right now. <laughs> Harrison loves the local restaurant dog. Which is such a funny-ass way to phrase it. I know. Yeah, this is just the local restaurant dog. You know, every local restaurant has one. <laughs> I wish. Okay. So they took, they took a digital camera. And because they did, we know that they were having a really good time. And, you know, authorities would find this camera later. And I'm going to rec- recount what's on it as we go. 
Um, There are pictures of them on this hike, like smiling and laughing. There's like selfies of them together. And there is some confusion about the timestamps on these photos, though, because the earliest photo says it was taken at 6.03 p.m. Uh-huh. But Panamanian, I can't, it's so hard to say, investigators later translated this, assuming it was the wrong time or something, but they translated it to 12.03. He's Panamaniac. Which conflicts with what the taxi driver says about dropping them off at 1.40. Okay. I don't know. I don't think this is anything weird, okay. though. They clearly made their made it to their hike safely, so I don't think the taxi driver was, like, sketchy or anything. But other experts have also looked at the photos and could calculate from the position of the sun and the time of year that it was probably about 1 p.m. So okay, okay. it seems like it was around 1 to 1.40. So they're on their hike, looking very happy in their photos. Then at 4.39 p.m., just hours after they began their hike, a call was made from Chris's iPhone. The number she dialed was the Dutch Emergency Services number. But I don't think she got through because 10 minutes later, Lisanne's mobile phone also attempted to dial emergency services. And this is like shortly after. Like they were, they got dropped off at like what, 140 ish? Yeah. It's 439 that these calls started coming in. But that call well, that is a while. Yeah. Three hours on a trail? Yeah. How long I guess. Like, like six? It's five miles. No, that's that's a long time. That is too long for like five miles. Like twenty minutes. Twenty minutes is like a good is like a brisk city pace where you're stopping. At yeah, like things like an eighteen minute mile. I think is like pretty standard for walking. Eighteen to twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, realistically, you're talking about a hundred minute walk. Yeah, that's true. And so that's an hour and forty minutes. You know, four hours later, something happened. Yeah. Well, neither of them could get through to emergency services. We also know that they made these calls because they found their phones later, which we will get to, but I'm just recounting what we know. So that, yeah, none of their phones connected. Then their phones were switched off for the next 14 hours. Oh, God. Something that people also seem to think is weird is that eventually the selfies of the girls just turned to pictures of Chris, and people think her expression has like drastically changed from the other photos like she isn't smiling much and there's a lot of distance between the photographer and her who we assume is lee sam but we don't we don't see lee sam again in any more pictures so the following morning the day after starting at 6 50 a.m this starts a number of attempted emergency services calls twice a day for the next two days from the girls iphones only one time did a call actually connect at 6.58 a.m. on April 2nd, but it was only for like two seconds from Lee Sand's phone and then it disconnected. The phones were then periodically switched on and off between April 3rd at 4 p.m. and April 11th. Whoa. They went on this hike April 1st. That's crazy. I mean, yeah. So maybe they're saving battery, but it's just crazy that they were out there for that long. Maybe. Because there's also another weird thing to the story is that the girls had set up another hike for the next day on April 2nd with a tour guide named Feliciano. So why they went on that hike the day before on their own, I the don't same, know. The same exact hike? 
I think it was the same bike. Oh, weird. Weird. So they never met up with him on April 2nd, and he was kind of alarmed. So he goes to Miriam's house to see if the girls are home, which is like, okay, tour guide. Like, <laughs> he's checking up. He's yeah, checking course. in. Um, yeah, he goes to their host family's home to see if they're home. Marion, Miriam tells him that there's a spare key to the entrance in the, uh, of their room in the garden. So he gets it, and he opens the door to the girls' room, but no one is there. Okay. So later that day, another tourist is about to set off on the same hike, and apparently a local at the entrance said not to go because the previous night they heard screams. Which is like, oh, well, why don't you go see what they were? Well, then again, I wouldn't probably go out looking through the forest. Yeah. I heard screams, so. I'd be pretty spooked by that. So tour guide Feliciano also begins to search the area for the missing girls. So he's like, I'm going to go on this hike and see if I can find them. He also notifies the police hours later at 5 p.m., which is weird. The next day, April 3rd, is the last time a call to emergency services is attempted from Lee Sand's phone. This is also the day when Panamanian authorities begin a large-scale search and rescue for the girls. The story is broadcasted on the news, and mountain specialists are enlisted, but the weather conditions are so bad that, like, a helicopter can't fly at this time. So that wasn't used initially. On April 4th, Lisanne's family arrives in Boquette to find their daughter, and the helicopter goes up on this day to look as well, but the jungle is just too dense, and they can't see anything. It's just trees when they look down. Local tribes in the area were also notified to search, as well as 25 mountain search professionals and 20 volunteers. That same day, April... Damn, that's a huge search party for Yeah, Panama. yeah. That same day, April 4th, Lee Sand's Samsung was switched on at 4.50 a.m. to check for signal, and again at 5 a.m., and then the battery died and it never turned on again. At 10.50 a.m., Chris's iPhone was switched on to check for a signal, and at 1.42 p.m., it is switched on again to check for a signal, but this time the wrong security pin is used to open the phone. Oh, dear me. Yeah, so it doesn't unlock. On April 6th, the language school that the girls were supposed to volunteer at offered a $2,500 reward for any information about the missing girls. At 10.26 a.m. and 1.37 p.m., April 6th still, Chris's iPhone switches on again to check for a signal, but both times the incorrect pin is entered. Once again. Damn. So the phone doesn't unlock. The next day on April 7th, the search continues. The Panama president goes on TV to ensure they are doing everything they can. Holy crap. And attempts at using Chris's iPhone are made about a dozen times. And each time the correct, the incorrect pin is used and the phone stays oh, unlocked. Oh, no. But this could also be maybe Chris died first. Lisanne's yeah, right, phone died. Course. It could have been Lisanne or it could be a total stranger. By April 8th, experts have searched about every area where they think the girls could have ended up, and some begin to speculate that they aren't lost, but something else happened, especially Miriam, who insists that they didn't, they didn't, like, pack for a long walk or anything. 
there are, of course, conflicting statements coming into where, like, witnesses say they saw the girls finish and leave the hike, and one resident saying that the girls came out of the trail and asked them how to get back into town and where to get a taxi. But investigators ignore these leads, <laughs> which probably isn't the best thing to do. So now on the night of April 8th, is when a series of about 90 photographs are taken during the night on the girls' digital camera. They show nothing. It's like black photos. Some show clear signs of trees and bushes, the night sky, some dirt paths, some rocks. It's very ominous. People think that, like, maybe they were trying to use the flash to signal helicopters or trying to ward off animals, or maybe just, like, see where they were, and that's why they were just taking, like, these random photos of nothing. There's also a scary picture of, like, the back of, I don't know if it's Chris Lee Sands, but, like, the back of their head. It's creepy. Uh-huh. Like, when they found these cameras, just all these, like, scary nighttime pictures of the forest. So on April 9th, Chris's phone was turned on and off again with the wrong codes entered, so the phone stayed locked. They went missing on April 1st. So, like, it's, it's April 9th. They went missing on April 1st. C- can they stay alive for that long? Uh, it's hard, to, you know. They had one bottle of water. I don't know. What Did they find, like, something else, you know? What do you mean? Like, did they find, like, a creek or something they could have, like... Yeah, that's true. Maybe they found something to eat. I don't know. Like, it's just crazy that it's eight days. Yeah, I, I mean, that's... I'd say your odds start decreasing very quickly after a week, and so they're already... Pa- I mean, that's past... I think your odds start decreasing after 24 hours. Yes. But, like, you know, it becomes all but hopeless at a certain point. On April 11th, Chris's iPhone is turned on again, and the wrong codes are entered at 10.50 a.m., and this, is, this time it stays on until 11.56 a.m., and then it was switched off for the last time. So that's April 11th, literally like 10 days of them being out there. That's why I'm like, is it them using the phone? Like, could they possibly be alive? Yeah. Yeah. I don't I guess, know. I yeah. don't think, I mean, anything is possible. Like, they could have. Yeah, I guess they could have. It seems all very not likely. Yeah. So So what happened? (laughs) So what happened? On April 13th, authorities announced that they're going to stop search operations and will now change the situation to monitoring. Okay. So So basically cold case. A little bit. Now, jumping forward to May 16th, an anonymous tip comes in that two skeletons have been sighted in an area called the Calibra, but when investigators check, they don't find anything. On May 19th, it's announced that Betsy Zapiti is now leading the team on this search, but this is odd because she specializes in criminal offenses, whereas the first person in this case specialized in rescue. So now people are like, uh, was this foul play? Like, why is she getting on it now? On May 27th, sniffer dogs go to the area and find nothing. On June 14th, though, a local native woman finds a backpack near a river. 
and it's identified as belonging to the girls. It's found like a long, long way from where they started the hike. Okay. Still kind of along the trail, but like way far off. And the woman who found it said that she saw it while she was tending her rice paddy near the riverbank and that it definitely hadn't been there the day before. Uh Uh-oh. Right? So all items in it are intact, which is also wild for being in the jungle for two months. Like, it's June 14th now. Like, with rain and other weather-related things. And inside are the girls' phones, Lisanne's passport, the digital camera, $83, the girls' bras, and sunglasses, and an empty plastic water bottle. So after looking at the camera now, the police can confirm that the girls did visit the Pianista Trail, and they see all the other, like, bizarre photos and whatnot. On June 19th, Officer DePiti confirms that human remains have been located by the local tour guide, Feliciano. Oh! Near Rio Calibra. So there was. And how far along on the path is that? It's, like... Very far off on the path. Yeah, I was gonna ask, like, is it so? Like, it's kind of along the path, like towards the end, or is it like off of the path? No, that they were taking. It's kind of along the path, but okay. it's like way far, so like, it's like towards the peak. Yeah. Okay. And it's way, 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 way far. Like some people were like, I don't know how they got there. Okay. Like from where they started, versus like where their bones ended up was like. Well, because they got taken off the trail. Yeah. Or they got yeah. really fucking lost. Yes. And it's near that Rio Calib- Calibra area, which is where other people told them to look, and they said they did and found nothing. So that's strange. The remains include half of a pelvis, some pieces of tibia and fibula bones, and two shoes, one of which doesn't belong to the girls. And in the shoe that does belong to the girls is an entire foot. Like, cut off and just stuck in the shoe? Yes. Ah! Yeah. That's fucked up. So on June 22nd, it's confirmed that... Whose foot? The foot in the shoe belonged to Lee San. Damn. And the pelvis belonged to Chris. Damn. What's weird is that the rest of the bones and the fragments are found scattered over a fairly large area, and there's about 33 more pieces found. Wow, ew. Tw- yeah, 28 of these bones were from Lisanne's left foot. And what's also bizarre, ew. though... So they, like, deconstructed her foot. Ew. Yeah, and what's also strange, though, is that Lisanne's bones still had a bit of flesh attached to them, but Chris's didn't. And her bones had been bleached. Ew. Ew. So, scientists say that the bones could have been bleached by phosphorus or lime. And apparently this is something, like, Mexican cartels do. Like, they use lime or something to speed up the decaying process to, like, rid of any evidence that they have done anything to people. Yeah. So some experts say that there had to be an attacker in this situation because it just doesn't make sense that some bones were bleached. Like... It was only Chris's bones that were bleached. Like, more bones were found from another hiker who went missing. Their bones weren't bleached. Neither were Lee Sands. 
So it's not like it was the elements or something that was doing this because then they all would have been bleached. So I, that's like the one thing where I'm like, you know, for the most part, I think they got lost and I don't know, something terrible happened. You think they but might have gotten... The bleach thing, like... Well, the bleach thing makes it seem like it was malice. Yeah. Whereas, like, original the bones kind of thing is like, did they get attacked by an animal? Well, there's no signs of any, like... Oh. Any of that. Like bites or anything. Yeah. So, ugh. So, a pair of denim shorts were also found. Some say that they were found neatly folded on a rock, but others say they were found floating in a river. I'm not sure. On July 30th, more bones were found by locals, and they turned out to belong to the girls as well. Awful. On August 13th, some locals found some rolled up skin that belongs to Lee Ann. And I bring this up because this is also weird. Like, four months in the jungle, the skin yeah, should have skin? De- the skin should have decomposed by now. And it didn't. Oh. Now, Officer... Uh, Dapiti announces that the two girls passed away by accidental falling into the river. What? I don't and think- then their bones were physically smashed against the rocks, causing death and the breaking of the bodies. And the case is closed. That's it? Accidental. That is so fucking weird. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't I make... I, I got more questions than I got answers. I know. I know, I've heard this one. I knew this one very well before starting. And it's baffling. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And it's, like, crazy, too, that we have, like, the digital camera and, like, we can see pictures of them, like, out there in the night. But, like, I don't know if there's something that, like, police haven't released to the public that we didn't see, but... I uh, so uh, weird. Mm-hmm. No more answers since then? Just accidental? Just that's how it is? Yeah. Fuck that. I know. I wish we knew more. But we do not. And that's why this is an unsolved case. Bum, bum. (laughs) My least favorite. Yeah, the most frustrating, but also maybe the most important. This is what we say every unsolved. I'm like, these are my least favorite cases, but they are the most important ones to talk about. if you have any information out there, why don't you go ahead and reach out to the proper authorities? That's how it goes. Reach out to the Panama authorities. if <laughs> The Panamanian authorities. Yeah, I, I don't know about now this Now that's one. Pandamania right there. It's, yeah, you're right. Panamania. Well, thank well, you for listening, everyone. Promise we'll do a conspiracy next week. I don't know which one to do, though. We do MK Ultra. True, we haven't done that yet. Yeah, if you have any ideas, you can let me know. It's or hard. We could do like a truly goofy conspiracy. Like, we could do the Nick and Priyanka. Like, oh my God, that would be so it's a fun. And it's like, it's like not heavy. And like, you've been wanting to do something like that. I want to talk about celebrities. That'd be so fun if we did conspiracy. <laughs> Nick and Priyanka what is, are in a fake relationship. <laughs> I mean, we could do conspiracy theory PR relationships and pick like two or three. <sighs> Let me know if you guys would like that. We're really into it. These I mean, days. that's like, that's like, you want to hear me like lit up and in my bag. Yeah. Like, that's my, I love it. And that it'd shit. be way better to do that than the conspiracy that like everyone in Hollywood is a pedophile. So, or we could do like MK Ultra, which is everybody is like a CIA. There's like a ton of artists that are like unactivated CIA mm-hmm. agents. 
All right. This could be fun. That's a really fun one, too. MKUltra is super crazy. That's where they were, like, dosing artists with, like, thousand, yeah. thousand doses of LSD and stuff like that. And, like, mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. All right. It'll be fun next week. We promise. And we hope that we don't activate any of you. All right. Have a great day. <laughs> you have anything you want to say? No. Okay. Follow the show on uh, Instagram at Spooky Show Pod and rate and review on Apple Podcasts. And boy, have the best week of your entire life. Bye. Bye.